At Wildwood Community Church, we are for following Jesus together to the glory of God. We're for the church, for the community, for the nations, and for the next generation. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. Today is a baptism Sunday. One of these days that we have, three a year, where we get to celebrate God's goodness and his faithfulness to to save some within our congregation, and we get to celebrate their salvation as they profess their faith through water baptism. And so uh, this morning, across our services, we'll have 22 people who are going to be baptized, including four in this service. So that's where we're headed today. But before we get there, I want to just think for just a moment uh, about the world in which we live. The world in which we live seeks to divide all of us into different groups, doesn't it? It wants to divide us into red and blue. It wants to divide us into men and women. It wants to divide us into the haves and the have-nots. It wants to divide us into different ethnicities. It wants to divide us into all of these different groups. That's the world in which we live, where all these factors are seeking to identify us in different ways. But when we come together as a church family, you know what so encourages me? When we come together as a church family, we get to be reminded that we are not just many different people, but we have a unity that is uncommon in our world today that is found in Jesus Christ. I love what it says in Galatians chapter 3, beginning of verse 27. It says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ, as many of you who have believed in Jesus and trusted him for your salvation, you have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And so there is a unity, an uncommon unity that is found inside of the church. And so we gather here today as one body in Jesus' name. But what's interesting to me is that even though there is that unity, at different times inside of the scripture, there is some highlight placed on some of the differences between different groups. And today I want us to look at a passage that highlights some differences between two different groups. And these are not groups based on ethnicity. They're not groups based on socioeconomic status. These are groups that are based on age. And so if there were two groups that were based on age, the first group we might think of is the young. Now, before we put up the rest of this, what are you guessing the other group would be? How about the restless? Anybody thinking that? No, no, not the young and the restless, but actually, in fact, let's think about the young and the rest of us. The rest of us, right? And so when we, we think of this division of the young and the rest of us, let me ask you, how many of you consider yourself to be a young? Wave at me if you consider yourself to be a young. Okay, there's a few of you. Mark Hardesty just waved at me. I don't know if he was changing his glasses, but man, I love it. You're, lo- you're young at heart, my friend. Um, and how many of you would consider yourself to be a rest of us? Yeah, all of us fit into one of these categories. Well, friends, inside of 1 Timothy chapter 4, what we have is we have the Apostle Paul writing to his young friend, Timothy, a young friend who was actually a pastor at this time, helping to provide some direction and leadership to a local church. 
Paul, who was older, writes a letter to his younger. Paul, who was a rest of us, writes a letter to his younger friend, Timothy. And inside of that letter, he includes some specific encouragement from a rest of us to a young. And in this Sunday, as we celebrate the faith of many young people who are going to be professing their faith in Christ, I thought it was appropriate for us to look at these verses together and to see what encouragement we might have for the young and for the rest of us. I want to read these verses for us, and then I'll back up and make a few observations today. 1 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 12. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift that you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourselves in them so that all may see your progress. Now, friends, in these few verses, we're going to see a couple of things. Uh, One set of things we're going to see are some encouragement to the young, and then we're going to see some encouragement to the rest of us. So what do we see in these verses for the young? Well, one of the things we need to do is be reminded of who the young are. He, he begins in verse 12 and says, let no one despise you for your youth. Now, what does that word youth mean? What does it conjure up in your mind? For some of you, it might conjure up a youth group, maybe middle school or, or high school, or it might conjure up pictures of, of college students. Well, all of those would certainly fit within the description of youth, but the Greek word used here for youth is actually a word that applies to anyone under the age of 40. Anyone under the age of 40. So let me ask you a question again. How many of you are a youth compared to this? Okay, a few more hands got to go up at that time. Uh, That's exciting. I know when I got to be like 31, I I suddenly hit the demographic category in many uh, surveys that you fill out that the next category I got to jump to was not until I was able to claim a senior coffee at McDonald's. Um, And so I stopped being a youth a while ago. But what's exciting in this passage is we find that the young here is talking about any under the age of 40. Timothy, to whom this letter was written, was probably not a 16-year-old. He was probably a late 20s or early 30-something young pastor. Paul writes to this young pastor, and he wants to encourage him with some specific things. Apparently, Timothy was beginning to, 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 to kind of crater back into himself. He wasn't stepping into the leadership that he needed to inside of the church. And so Paul wanted to call him up. He wanted to call him out. He wanted him not to use his youth as an excuse. He wanted him to go public with his faith and his leadership and to trust Christ in this community of believers. Now, I think it's important for us to think about that distinction of under 30 or under 40 on on a day like today because all 22 who are going to be baptized today are, you guessed it, under the age of 40. 
We have a number of college students who are going to be baptized across this morning. We have some high school and some middle school students. And we have some elementary age students who are going to be baptized today. But all of them are under the age of 40. And and on, on this day, when we gather as a church together on these baptism Sundays, we don't have our normal children's ministry or, or student ministry or college ministry meetings. So we're all together in this room. And so there are a number of young people who are in this room. And, and I think one of the things this passage would highlight to us is that just because of our youth, we're not a part of a separate congregation, but we're a part of one body right here in this town, right? If we have trusted in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, whether we are 12 or whether we are 82, we're a part of one body. The same Jesus died for us. The same Jesus provided forgiveness for us. The same spirit lives inside of us. And so we can be encouraged as we gather here today, if you're young, to not see yourself as a part of a different group, but a part of one body. Well, if we begin to see ourselves that way, young people, then what is it that we are to do? Well, one of the things that we are to do if we are young is we are to progress or to grow in our faith, to grow in our faith. We, we see this in verse 15, where he says, practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress, so that all may see your progress. Friends, those who are being baptized this morning, they're not finished products. They're they're completely forgiven in Christ. All of their sins, past, present, and future, are completely forgiven. But their process of growth and their understanding of who Christ is will grow and develop over time, or at least it should. There is a, a progress that should be evident for all who are growing in their relationship with the Lord. Paul even writes to Timothy as a young pastor and says, Timothy, you are to keep growing in your faith. You are to keep progressing in your expression of faith. And and I would say the same to the young people who are here today. May this not be the, the pinnacle of your spiritual experience, those being baptized. But this is just the beginning. There is a progress that is to come. Well, how do we progress in our relationship with the Lord? Well, we progress by, in one way, diving into the word. Diving into the word. It's really interesting to me what we see in verse 13. A number of different references here to the scripture. He says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. And then in verse 15, he says, I want you to immerse yourself in them. I want you to dive into them. Now, what was Paul doing here with, with Timothy? What he was saying was, Timothy, you don't have all of the same life experience that I do, but guess what we both have together? We both have the scripture. We both have the truth. So regardless of your age, you have access to God's truth. And so Paul says to Timothy, if you want to lead this congregation well, then teach them and read them God's word. And in the same way, I would say to young people today, if you want to grow in your faith and progress, as we talked about just a moment ago, the way that we do that in part is by diving into God's word. We listen to it read. We listen to it taught. We read it ourselves. We talk about it with others. And we do that again 
and again and again. We grow in our faith. We dive into the word. But another encouragement to the young is this. We're to live a life of integrity, to live a life of integrity. Again, it's interesting what he said in verse 12. He says, set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. He says, I want you to, verse 15, practice these things. What's he, what's he doing? He says, hey, if you want to grow and progress in your faith, dive into God's word and then obey it. And then obey it. Set an example for what it looks like to, to trust God, to live a life that is obedient to him and what we say, our speech, what we do, our conduct, the way we treat others, the way we express his love. That was Paul's advice to Timothy, and that's my encouragement to the young among us, that we would progress in our faith by diving into the word and by living out a life of integrity. But there's another thing he says. In verse 14, he encourages them to serve based on the ways that God has gifted you. To serve based on the way that God has gifted you. He says in verse 14, Do not neglect the gift that you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. What's he, what's he talking about here? Well, at the beginning of Paul's time of ministry, apparently some church leaders gathered around him and prayed for him. And when they prayed for him, they, they set up this gift of a ministry for him, both the opportunities that he would have in that church, as well as a reminder of the gifts that God had given him through the Spirit to accomplish that task. And it was a reminder that part of the way that Timothy was to grow and to progress was going to be by leading out based on the ways that God had gifted him. Friends, young people today, just a reminder, the way that we progress in our faith is by, yes, diving into God's word and by obeying it, living a life of integrity, but also by serving others. You realize when we, we gather here together as a church family, if God's spirit is within you, God wants to use you to impact those around you. Our involvement in the church is, is not just something that we show up and watch others serve us, but we show up equipped with the Spirit in order to serve others as well. Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, Timothy, I know you are young, but I don't want your youth to be an excuse. I want you to progress in your faith. I want you to dive into God's Word. I want you to live a life of integrity, and I want you to serve others. Friends, that would be my encouragement to the young who are among us today, especially to those who are going to be baptized. Now, after providing this encouragement to the young, I want to think for a moment about some implications for the rest of us. What about the rest of us? Well, the encouragement to the rest of us, friends, could be many, right? We could be, hey, we need to do those things. We need to, 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 to be providing wisdom of the ages that we have, all those things. But I want to focus just on what Paul says in these verses. And I want to specifically look at verse 12. He says, let no one despise you for your youth. Who might despise them for their youth? The rest of us, right? The rest of us. We are not to look down on those because they are young. 
Those who are going to be baptized today, all of us are going to cheer and celebrate as if it was us in the tank. Not because they're cute. They are cute. These are some great stories and they're wonderful people. But because they have placed their faith and trust in Christ. They are a part of the same body that we are. Our same Savior has saved them. And so we will erupt in celebration at their stories and at their testimonies. We will not despise them for their youth, but we will celebrate what God has done in them. But a second thing we need to see about this for us is that we are to see in them an example. We are to see in the faith of those who are young an example for us who are a part of the rest of us. Now, this reminds me of a verse we saw in Revelation earlier this year. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 5 says this to the church in Ephesus. He says, remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do what? Do the works you did at first. Friends, when we gather around young people who are excited about their faith, who are beginning to grow and progress in their faith, what should that do among us who are the rest of us? It should ignite within us the desire that we had at the first. Because when we think of the example that they have set, they've set an amazing example, an example in their faith. An example in their faith. I, you know, just this last week, I got to go to an event on the University of Oklahoma campus. I got to hear of a group of college students that are talking about reaching their campus for Christ. What an encouraging thing. I got to go to another group of college students this last week on campus who are organizing in groups and going out in pairs and sharing their faith around the campus. You know, what, what did that do inside of me as I saw those things happening? It stirred up within me. Oh, do the things I did at first. The faith and trusting God and reaching out to the lost. What, what an encouragement these, these young people were to a rest of us. You know, each Friday morning um, this, this fall, going actually go back into the summer, there have been a group of high school students uh, from Norman High that have gathered at our house, about 20 strong, and have prayed for each other and prayed for the school before they, they headed off and went to school. It's happening every Friday morning. What should that do inside of this heart? What should that do inside the heart of the rest of us? Reminds me, reminds me to do the works I did at first. You know, every Wednesday night, there are are children who are gathering over in our children's building and they are memorizing verses that they are saying to one another. Last couple of Wednesday nights, I got to to teach in our Awana club. I got to see it firsthand. Um, And and just with that, I'm so encouraged, right? Because there are young people who are putting God's word, they're hiding it in their hearts. They're placing it inside of their minds so they can recall it for the rest of their lives. What should be the effect on this rest of us? It should be an encouragement to me to do the things I did at first, to dive into God's word, to commit it to memory, to place it inside of my heart. Friends, again and again and again, the examples. When we think of these, these young people who are going to be telling their stories and being baptized this morning, what an amazing experience that's going to be to hear those things. But friends, don't lose sight of the fact that they are going public in front of lots and lots of people 
to say, I have chosen to follow Christ. For some of you who are here today, you may have chosen to follow Christ. You may have trusted him by faith years ago, but you've never been baptized in water to publicly express that faith to the congregation. May may we see in them an example for us. As they follow the example of Christ, may we do the things that we have done at first. And even if you're here today and you've never placed your faith and trust in Christ, may you see in each of these stories, in each of these individuals, an example and an invitation. As if to say, follow me as I follow Christ. The same Jesus that died on the cross for the sins of Hallie is the same Jesus that died on the cross for the sins of you. So that you might see your life transformed as well. Friends, we might be encouraged today, those of us who are the rest of us, might be encouraged today from the example of those who are young. Now, I want to conclude with just one thought before we transition to these baptisms. And that thought comes from verse 14. In verse 14, he, he says this, he says, Do not neglect the gift that you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. In this moment, Paul is reminding Timothy of really his commissioning into ministry. But there was an experience around that commissioning. Real hands placed on his shoulders, real prayers prayed over him. And Paul says, I want you to remember that experience, Timothy, and have it be a source of encouragement for you as you are leading out in ministry in your day. In the same way, this morning, as we have this opportunity with baptism, I I just want to encourage those who are being baptized that, that this experience, that let it be something that you forever remember and forever encourage you continue to trust and to follow Christ. Because there is a moment where we have prayed over you, just as some group has prayed over Timothy. May you remember that moment, and may you follow Jesus together with us to the glory of God and for the rest of your life. 